This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company. And this is Not the Podcast, episode four. Yes, I said four. Being recorded on Wednesday. It's October the 26th, 2022. Where the hell have you been? 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 Where have you been? That is, in fact, the uh, $64 million question. Where the hell have I been? Well, we'll talk about that. But uh, right now, where I am is right here saying, Son of Easter, my friend. Son of Easter, and welcome. You have managed to tune in, latch on, and otherwise download that stream of bits known around the world as schnauzer logic and my name is robin goldstein i'm your host i'm your buddy and i'm your pal i'm also a straight white buddhist vegetarian lesbian fraternity boy trapped in the body of a recovering transsexual woman patent attorney with a bizarre sense of humor and a master's degree in city planning and i am thrilled and delighted to welcome each and every one of you to uh episode number four (laughs) even i got confused i made the mistake of doing a test episode that I then published as episode zero, and then I each episode had two numbers. There was kind of the... There was like a, an imperial number and then a metric number, and and then I started thinking about doing this episode, and I kept thinking, like, well, this is episode, episode, episode four, and so, like, we're resetting the calendar. This is episode four. There is no episode three. Much like here in the United States, there are no uh, buildings that have the 13th floor, although there actually are now buildings that have a 13th floor. I think many folks have decided that that is a silly superstition, and they're not worried about that, um, and we'll talk about all of that stuff, but I I do know that there are many people that are excited for our regular guests, and so let us take just a few moments and welcome everyone. I just heard something make noise in the background. I was so sure I had turned off everything that could make noise, but apparently in my world there are always many other things that can make noise, including our favorite, Mr. Kibadada. May his memory be a blessing. Home networking. Stop laughing. It's not funny. When is a good fairy going to take off my penis? It's none of your business. It may be silly, but I guess we have to ask it. Are you are you are you gay? It's none of your business. Nonsense babber. English motherfucker, do you speak it? This is crap. It's just radio. I'm Brian Cox. There you go. <laughs> Some of those people are no longer with us. Uh, Some of those people have actually gone on to be famous. Uh, It's a weird kind of a thing. And I know that I had at some point promised to go through each and every one of those uh, and and explain what they are for for folks who were not listeners uh, of Schnauzer Logic back in the day uh, or of listeners of uh, Airplay on KSCO or any of the other myriad shows that I've done over the years. But, um, But today is not that day. Today is the day that I am going to record this episode, and I have given myself permission 
to record the episode and then upload the episode. And then after listening to it online, deciding, fuck it, I don't want this out there. So this is going to be a true and real and perhaps raw and possibly painful and potentially triggering story about what's been going on with me since the last episode, which turned out to be, oh, I fucked this up already. I... I was supposed to say, this is not the podcast your roommate recommended, and this is not the podcast the Surgeon General warned you about, and this is not the podcast predicted by Nostradamus, but anyhow, here we are. See, I have been away from this for so long. Here's the crazy thing. I actually just like literally wrote down those three intro lines before I clicked the button that started playing the music and where the hell have you been and all of that stuff. And then already I'm, I'm lost. So, um, but I have promised myself in this sort of version of podcasting that I was not going to go back and do restarts and edits and things of that nature. I just wasn't going to do it. So anyhow, raw and uncomplicated. Anyhow, here here's the story. Where, where the hell have I been? Um, I have been dealing with fairly severe mental illness. What? Um, oh, here's another thing I need to say before we go any further than this. Um, part of the reason that I didn't do an episode for quite some time, even though I think probably felt well enough to do an episode uh, after the initial bout of stuff that kind of knocked me on my ass, is I was concerned because I now recognize that there are people who know me, uh, who are friends and colleagues and what have you, and listen to the show. And there is when I started doing this particular uh, podcast, there was a comfort in the anonymity of not making a lot of noise about it. I haven't really published this on my normal social media channels, not like I have a lot of them, but I, I do have a couple where I have some followers. I have one channel, a personal social media channel where, you know, the followers are around a thousand plus or minus kind of thing. And then I have a fake Keith Olbermann channel, social media channel, that's a long fucking story, um, which at one point I think had close to 15,000 followers, um, which is like enough for you to get, you know, people will pay attention because you're at that number. It's now down to around six or 7,000 followers, and I basically use it as a sock puppet account, and I kind of echo things that are interesting to me, and and and, and it's no longer has the effect because Keith Olbermann is now on social media. He wasn't, again, long fucking story. It's worth telling, but not today. Um, but I did not publish this, publicize this podcast on either of those or any of those spaces, I love the fact that there was an anonymity to this, and so therefore I didn't worry about it. But I did have some folks because I was I ne- I was pleased, proud, pleased. I don't know. I was I was happy that I had gotten to the point where I felt like I could do something creative audio-wise again, and so mentioned it to a couple of people who then found me, right? I mean, it's not like I'm hidden. I use my name in the podcast. And so they found me, and they started listening, and a couple of friends were giving me comments and feedback, which were great, and others were sort of commenting about waiting for the next episode. And so knowing that there are people who I know 
uh, listening to the show made it much harder for me to do another episode because I didn't want to engage with people on this level about these mental health issues. So here is the warning. And and I, I think this is true for anyone who is a performer. I know this is true for friends of mine who have done stand-up comedy for years and years and years. Um, I did a little bit of it. It was a little bit of a... I had some of these experiences, which is when you're performing, it's not a conversation. I'm not looking for feedback. I'm not looking for people to reach out and ask me how I am. Um, so if you are a friend of mine and you hear this today um, and you tell me that you heard this and you want to ask how I am, I'm not going to respond to you. I'm going to, in order for me to continue to be able to do this show, I need to have that barricade, if you will, that kind of bridge, that distance between me as a performer, because this is a performance, that's what this is. I mean, it may only be a performance for a handful of people, but that's exactly what's going on here. There's a performance happening at this point, and I try to be funny and creative and, and compelling and interesting and, 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 and at least make sure I hit the right fucking buttons at the right fucking time. Um, and then there's me as a human being where we're having real conversations. And Sometimes those things appear to overlap, and sometimes they actually do overlap, but that's not what the podcast is about. The podcast is really one way. It is a monologue. It is slightly... Um, it, it, it is, it varies only slightly from therapy, um, which is me talking to a screen these days, right? And, and therapy varies only slightly from me talking to my mirror, uh, and, and where there's very little feedback. And so again, and I, I realized I spent too much time talking about this. So if you hear me say things which are troubling or upsetting or, uh, disturbing and you, uh, you want to reach out to me, uh, to ask how I'm doing, don't. Uh, I will not respond to those things. I know that you love me. I, I know that you care about me. Um, part of the challenge um, with having uh, bipolar issues, uh, manic and depressive issues, having suicidal ideations, uh, the problem is that you often wind up worrying about how other people will think and feel right that you it's it's other people's concerns which become predominant if you will or the dominant thing that you are at least for me part of the challenge and part of what tends to trigger my cycles if you will is being so focused on meeting the needs of other people that I wind up uh, ignoring my own needs. And so that's what happened. Um, and so therefore, I will not allow the podcast. One of the things I thought of like, well, fuck it, I'm just going to get rid of this podcast and I'll start another podcast. And I won't tell anybody about that one. And then I realized like, actually, I like the thing that I built here. Um, I'm, I'm not actually executing it the way that I... I want to. I'm kind of fucking up the intros and things of that nature. But um, I like what I've built. I like the name. I like the music. I like all of those things. I want to use them. And so um, it means I'm going to be honest about this. And uh, and again, so you're all warned. And do not write me. Do not text me. As Ringo said, with peace and love, peace and love, uh, nothing will be signed. No emails will be responded to. Like that. That's not. That's not what this is about. Anyhow. 
But I think I just hinted briefly about that. Um, I had gotten to a point over the summer while I had been doing the podcast, and, and sort of interestingly enough, in retrospective, I think that I was in a manic phase when I uh, started to do the podcast. And that's probably not surprising. I think that there are lots of folks who are very, very creative, and there is a kind of energy that comes from being in a manic phase, uh, not a mania so much as, you know, you're out of control, but this sort of heightened creativity, your brain is sort of moving at a million miles an hour, and all those synapses are firing, and they're firing uh, in a really lovely and beautiful way, right? where in sort of normal daily life as you move through the world, like hopefully your brain is not running at a million miles an hour, even if it's all perfectly synchronized. Like nobody wants their brain to be a fucking Ferrari, you know, race car in the red, as uh, Samuel L. might say, right? That's not what you're looking for. You're looking for a kind of calm, quiet normalcy. Um, and there are many ways that mania can present itself, and obviously some of those ways can be incredibly destructive. Uh, there can be things related to drugs, there can be things related to gambling, there can be obsessive-compulsive behaviors regarding sexual behavior and things of those natures. Um, the good news is I don't seem to have any of those as things that are interesting or triggering for me. Um, the other thing is you can be creative in certain kinds of ways, or maybe you wind up spending money in certain kinds of ways, and those tend to be a little more invisible because if you have the means, nobody knows that you're spending money that you go like, well, you really don't like, like a good example, right? I have a lot of guitars. I mean, a lot of guitars. I mean, I don't have a hundred guitars, but I have a lot of guitars. And you might say to yourself, like, did you need to buy that other guitar? Whichever one it is, doesn't matter. And and if you're someone who doesn't have the means, right, if you are living some kind of a subsistence life or, you know, maybe you are supporting a family or uh, things of that nature, and so now you're basically going into debt in order to buy that guitar, whatever the fuck that guitar is, now you've got a problem, right? Which is like, shit, like you really didn't have the ability to buy that guitar, and yet you bought that guitar. There was kind of a compulsion to buy that guitar. Part of the mania uh, made you behave in a way which might not be a reasonable way to be. Behave. But if you're a single person and you've got the means, and so buying that guitar, right, whatever it is, let's say it's $500, right? And so you're in a place where it's like, that $500 is not going to affect my ability to pay rent next month or pay my bills or pay my insurance for, you know, or feed myself or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Then nobody will see that, right? So there's a kind of invisibility to a lot of manic behavior that people can hopefully integrate into their lives. And so I understand that. And, and as I say, I think that this podcast was one of those things um, which I started to do during a period of mania. And what's interesting, not that I did, the, and by the way, I'm thrilled that I did the podcast during, uh, started the podcast during a period of mania. And in fact, in talking to my therapist this week, one of the things that I discovered that I think is true is that I get many of the same 
sort of brain chemical hit, endorphin, norepinephrine, serotonin, whatever the hell it is, that kind of brain chemical spark that I get when I'm doing a podcast, when I'm behind this microphone and speaking very quickly. There's a kind of rapidity to the way that I speak, which I think is also characteristic of someone who is going through a kind of mania, but here it's controlled. Right here, it has a a kind of a vessel, a structure in which I can compartmentalize all of this, and it's for. And I hit the cord. So, (laughs) and I think in the last episode, I promised to fucking move the cord so I wouldn't hit the cord, but I hit the cord again. Anyhow, um, and so there is a kind of controlled mania, which is like, oh, and and I think I I liken it to a kind of a runner's high, right? I mean, there's we understand that people who are runners uh, or, you know, extreme athletes, that they get a kind of hit, right, of, of those kind of neurochemicals that make them feel really good. And so then they become a little obsessive compulsive about running. If you know somebody who's obsessive compulsive about any kind of physical fitness activity, um, you understand that it's not necessarily only about how it makes them look, but also there's a, a large element about how it makes them feel. And I, and I understand that as well. And so there's a kind of control over that that. And for me, and what I said to my therapist was, I think I feel the same when I'm doing a podcast as when I am in an episode of mania, which can last for, you know, some number of days up to a week or a couple of weeks or what have you before the crash comes. And the crash is the reason that I stayed off the podcast for so long. But anyhow, and so I understand that. But again, the most important part for me was to understand the trigger behind this, because this is something that I've been struggling with, and probably that's the right word, or or looking to understand, right? I think it's a struggle to the extent that it impacts my ability to live and enjoy life. I think anyone who's dealing with mental illness, right, it's not a problem during the manic phase, again, if there's no obvious downside. And so during that manic phase, which lasted for a couple of weeks, in addition to starting the podcast, I um, I like rewired a whole bunch of things that were electrically broken and uh, installed a bunch of new things that needed to be done that hadn't been done for a while. This kind of um, energy it was more of a, a creative energy than kind of a manic energy in, in terms of physical motion, but like, oh, I need to do this and I need to do this. And then this thing is broken. Oh, shit. And again, there's enough of a regulator for me to say to myself, hey, don't go to the Home Depot at 10 o'clock at night to buy a bunch of electrical outlet stuff, because that means when you get home, you're going to be starting to do electrical work at around 11 o'clock at night. And that's probably not a good time to be fucking around with electrical work in the walls, right? So again, Again, there was enough of that, but I got a lot of stuff done. I rewired a bunch of stuff that was broken and installed a bunch of things that needed to be installed and, and hooked up things that weren't working properly. And so like, there's, a, there's an upside to that, again, which is lovely. The, the, the downside was, obviously, that after, the, a, after sort of the rise, there's always the fall. But again, I keep, I keep slipping away from the reason. The reason, I think, for me can't speak about anyone else, is that the manic part of a kind of manic depressive or bipolar or cycling or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I, you know, I, I think there are many different names for it. And, and I think there are probably some elements of it that are 
associated with a kind of neurodiversity, and and I wouldn't be surprised to learn that I'm also in some ways neurodiverse. Again, not necessarily a bad thing, um, but I think for me the manic part of it is often an attempt to act as a counterweight for things in my life that I feel I have no control over. Things in my world that are causing me tremendous psychological... There's another fucking noise I meant to shut off. Things in my world that are causing me tremendous psychological pain. And in this case, like I can actually point to what it was, which is I wound up accepting a consulting opportunity. Uh, won't, won't talk about it. Ni- nice people, right? I think everyone, I, I, I would like to believe that everyone was being above board, honest and truthful about what the nature and parameters of the consulting opportunity were supposed to be and the expectations. Um, I, in hindsight, maybe not. Maybe someone was trying to take advantage of me. But in, in any event, um, went into this opportunity with an expectation that I would uh, have these kinds of obligations, um, and then almost immediately realized that the uh, the bundle of obligations that were being presented to me were almost tenfold. And these were things that I did not want to do. And had I known going into this, I wouldn't have done this. I'm in a place in my life, um, I turned 65 during this, uh, this hiatus from the podcast, if you will, right? So you know where I am, right? I'm not, a, I'm not a kid. I mean, intellectually, I feel like I'm a fucking toddler, but I'm not a child. And so I know myself well enough to know that at this point in my life, I don't want to be responsible for regular deliverables, daily deliverables, managing other people's deliverables. It's not that I can't. It's not that I think that I'm too important. And in fact, if there were a, a, a project or a job that I thought to myself, this is a thing that I am, I am passionate about, uh, I could step in. When I was at Zooks uh, uh, just a few years ago, I was responsible as chief of staff for deliverables, for delivering the, the deck, the keynote deck, presentation deck for the um, for the quarterly board meeting, right? For the CEO and CTO to have their, their board of directors meeting, right? I was responsible. That was a fucking deliverable. And for making sure that that deck was available for the all hands, the quarterly all or quarterly all hands meeting, right? And so I could stay up until four or five o'clock in the morning and, and pull all that stuff together and keep it, you know, at a level of excellence that, you know, would make Steve slightly less disappointed. <laughs> Another story we can talk about someday, um, Steve Jobs. So so I know I can do it. What I know is I don't want to do it. I'm in a place where that's not the thing that I offer that I think is really uniquely of value to other people, right? If you, if you hire me to basically sort of churn grain, I'm an excellent grain churner. Is that even a fucking job? Like I, now I don't even know. Now I feel <laughs> I'm distracted to find out if grain, I need to Google grain churner. I will after the podcast. But anyhow, um, but, but, I, but I don't want to. Because I think that the thing that I offer, the things that I offer that are more interesting and more valuable are things that are more related to um, synthesizing ideas across various domains of expertise, disciplines, et cetera, et cetera. I like that. And again, I think that also feeds into some of the endorphins, other neurochemicals that I get from being creative and sort of sparking opposite sides of my brain simultaneously and going like, oh, that's really exciting. And other people going, 
going like, how the fuck did you think of that? And again, we can talk about my own, like literally damaged physical brain in another show. Not, not it, I guess it's kind of interesting, but not the point of this. So anyhow, I wound up taking this consulting opportunity that turned out not to be the thing that I thought it was going to be. And I have a very difficult time saying no to people because I don't want to disappoint people. That is a much deeper uh, conversation that, that you know, I, I have been having over many, many years with multiple therapists. Um, I'm sure that I'm not alone in that, right? You know, uh, uh, adult children of various kinds of abuse and alcoholism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? The, there's a lovely book called The Drama of the Gifted Child, right? Which talks about the being in an environment where you're sort of forced to be the caretaker or forced to grow up emotionally. And so that becomes imprinted upon you. And I recognize, again, at the ripe old age of 65, that that's who the fuck I am and that it's not going to be possible for me to go back and remove that. But what I can do is I can be aware of it. And so I, I don't not have those tendencies and I also don't not speak English so good sometimes. I don't I don't have those ten I, I don't have the ability to necessarily not do that thing that I know is not healthy for me. What I am able to do though, and the good news is, is I recognize it far faster than I used to. I was at Apple for 22 years, and again, there, there's never any regrets. You can't go back. You know, navigating through the rearview mirror is a is a is a futile uh, and, and often just you know depressing exercise, right? It, it is it, it as as Phil Schiller said to me, it is what it is, and so you got to do what you got to do. Um, but in any event, one of the things that I've gotten better at, and I, my joke is, it took me 22 years to figure out that Apple was a bad match for me. It only took me six weeks to recognize that this. Other other in consulting opportunity was a bad match for me, so I consider that to be fucking progress. Um, you know, and maybe at some point I'll be able to figure out in a couple of hours, but that six weeks was a long enough period of time for me to begin to sink into a really, really deep depression, F lack of control, a feeling that I was not honoring myself, an inability to say no to something that I knew that I didn't want to do, but there was a sense of obligation, and so now I'm putting somebody else's interests ahead of my own interests. Again, all of these things that, uh, maybe you heard that, that had nothing to do with me, that was a sound outside, sorry. Um, so uh, putting other people's interests ahead of my own interests, again, like recognizing what I'm doing, no Knowing what you're doing, knowing what the trigger is, knowing what the behavior is that it's being triggered, and then not reacting to that, those are two very different things. And so I think if you recognize it, if you're someone that struggles with this as well, and you recognize this and you are, are able to at least acknowledge it and point to it and, 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 and sort of put your finger on it, that's a good thing. That's the first step, right? What is it, the, the saying, like, the first step is acknowledging you have a problem? The first step is acknowledging, like, this is not a healthy way to behave in this environment, right? The second step is finding those kind of mechanisms, tools, behaviors, right? And for me, sometimes it's like phrases, like writing down little phrases that I can have in a piece of paper that I keep in my pocket so that if somebody asks me to do something that I can already feel is beginning to trigger me in a way that is like, oh, this is going to be a bad outcome. I can pull a fucking piece of paper out of my pocket and write it down or read it over a phone or into a message because I know that in, in the moment, I may not be able to come up with myself, right? The part of me that feels like it needs, oh, I need to heal you before I can heal me. 
And by the way, that's backwards. <laughs> the part of me, though, that feels like I need to heal you before I can take care of myself, right, is still so deeply imprinted that I need, I need, uh, I need assistance, right? I need, I need tools and tips and pieces of paper and what have you. So, anyhow, w- w- that's the thing that happened. And and again, it's kind of like watching a, a I want to say a slow motion. It's like kind of like watching a car crash, which is I could see this was happening. I realized. I needed to get out of this relationship. <clears throat> I ultimately, sorry, now I'm coughing into microphones. Oh man, I am such a fucking amateur today. I apologize. Next episode, whatever number it is, will be better, I promise. Um, but I am... <clears throat> Okay, that was awful. And that one I might actually edit out. Um, I, I Recognizing I needed to get out of the relationship was something that I did. And so I ultimately wound up reaching out to this person after I had effectively accomplished the things that I had promised, even though these are things I didn't want to do. I reached out and I said, okay, I will do these things, but also this is not what I signed up for. This is not a good match. And I, I won't continue any further. Um, the, the, the interesting thing, and, and I'll kind of wrap this, uh, this part of it up because I realize I've already been speaking for almost a half an hour and I do want to keep these episodes fairly short, is the person said that they understood we could recast the relationship, we could uh, do something different, we could move into more of a more traditional um, consulting, advising kind of relationship, there would, be some, there would be less equity, but blah, 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 and I said, that would be great, that would be fine, I would love to do that. And what I will tell you is, since that conversation, I have heard jack shit from that person. They have nothing to do with me. They had a, a, an event recently uh, that they had. I was not invited to it. Uh, I was not told about it. Uh, they then went to a, a conference, uh, the kind of thing where in my position, because I'm still listed on their website, you might say like, oh, maybe you would like want to come and at least stand in the booth with us and you know we'll buy you lunch kind of thing, which I probably would have done because I love that kind of thing. Well, I didn't even know about it until I had seen it after the fact. So I've clearly been cut out, which means that they, maybe, they actually did intend to fucking take advantage of me. Uh, and when I, when I wised up, if you will, uh, they were like, oh shit, the jig is up. And so we'll tell you that you're this other thing, but we don't want anything to do with you, which is fine. Anyhow, so the reality is, because I do want to close the the loop on this today, and then um, hopefully, now that I've gotten this out of my system, and also reminded all of the people that may know me who are listening to this, not to fucking respond to this. Thank you. Sorry. Um, I, I, I feel like I need to stick up for myself here. Um, so, I knew that I was on the kind of ascendancy, the mania part, if you will. And again, I can point to lots and lots of things that were happening, including, I think, setting up this initial podcast and all of the details that were involved in it. And, you know, what server am I going to be on and what service I'm going to be on and how do I get all of the RSS feeds and, you know, propagating them and like all the shit that I did in a really short amount of time, which is like, wow, you got the podcast. I mean, you know, may not have a lot of listeners, but like you got it everywhere immediately. It's like, yeah, that like that's the kind of focus you get. And then, you kind of breach that peak and then you come down and I had hoped that I would be in the depression part of this First of all, the depression part is not always a guarantee, although for me it, it, it often comes, but not always. Um, but usually it's like, oh, if you're kind of two weeks you know, manic, then you'll be two weeks depressed and then you'll kind of get back to zero. Um, but what happened was 
every time I started to rise from the depression phase, uh, something external would happen that would knock me back down again. And so the things that I needed to begin to buoy me back again to realize like, okay, this is fine. And all the self-help things that I can do for myself, they were, they were working, right? I felt a little bit better. Uh, I would do a little of exercising kinds of things, or I would do a little of something else kind of thing. Or I actually took myself on a road trip. Like I actually slept um, outside of my own bed for the first time in over three years. I took a, a driving road trip down to Southern California to, to see some friends and, uh, and go see uh, Jacob Dylan and the Wallflowers play. Um, and you might, say to your, you might say to me, like, Robin, I didn't know you were such a huge Wallflowers fan. And the answer is like, I'm fucking not. Like, I mean, it was fine. I know who he is and like the music. Um, but that was not the point. Like, I did it because I thought months ago when I was initially invited, I need a reason to go someplace. And this seems like a good enough reason to kind of get me out of the house because otherwise I'll just keep repeating the same progress. Uh, the, the same steps over and over again. And so it could have been almost any band that I knew from sort of the 80s, the 90s, and today. And so took a driving trip down to Southern California. That should have been an opportunity for me to sort of slowly rise back towards the middle, that kind of, you know, band in the center where some days are a little better than others and some days are a little worse than others, but mostly like life is pretty good and you've got it in control and you understand what's going on. And like, you know, even if things kind of spin out for a day, it's like, all right, that's fine. I have enough. But, but that trip uh, to Southern California was also exceptionally triggering. Won't talk about it today because I realize that we're at we're time now and I'm going to start wrapping up soon. But, but like that was also triggering. Part of it was I saw some family members down there who were lovely, but like that was really triggering. I watched other things going on that were triggering. And so when I came back, um, I'm not sure that I felt worse than when I left, but it was sort of not this healing thing that I had hoped that it would be. And so I had a number of these uh, situations happening over the last month. I think the last time I did a podcast, I'm looking here at my notes, was Saturday, August the 20th. So we're basically two months away, right? And so over that period of time, uh, I had hoped that I would I would accumulate, if you will, uh, enough gold coins, you know, enough enough you know little fruits in the game, enough bonus points, enough enough power balls, enough whatever. I don't even know what that is. It's a lottery, I think, right? I would accumulate enough things that would allow me to kind of get back to a sense of normalcy. But of course, life doesn't work that way, right? It's it's unpredictable, and shit comes your way that you don't expect. And so, you know, just when I thought. I was out, they dragged me back in. Or just when I thought I was up, they dragged me back down again. And so I wound up struggling with that. And so the truth is that I am still struggling today um, with that sense of depression. And for me, this is part of that cycle. And this has gone on longer than I would have expected. And that's a little troubling, obviously. Um, But the fact that I'm doing the show today, which I think is a kind of form of controlled mania, which I expressed early in in the show today, um, may help to offset that, right? I I have felt pretty uh, empowered during this. I actually uh, rode my bike for half an hour this morning and, and, and lots of good things already happened today. So I'm feeling pretty powerful about this, um, that this will help me to slowly rise back to that center space again. And, uh, and I will be able to continue. I had a lovely weekend, um, with some friends, 
who uh, who uh, were visiting. Uh, I. Uh, I'm I'm trying to gently go push a button here. So yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Sixty seconds remaining. I know, I know. I'm not that smooth. <laughs> I was going to say that I got to spend uh, a good part of Saturday with some dear friends uh, who I've known. We uh, we wound up tossing uh, ashes overboard into Monterey uh, Harbor, Monterey Bay. Uh, of someone that I knew and then uh, a family member of one of the folks who was on the ship and I was asked if I would write a little something which was a weird request to do but but that was a, a an interesting experience and then got to play music on the beach in Santa Cruz with uh, one of the folks who was with me who uh, who I know from a few years ago really found fond of and then nice meal and and so like trying to continue to oh oh, <laughs> oh okay <laughs> All right, there you go. So uh, we're going to call this a show. <laughs> we'll try to do another one in another week. I got more stories. Uh, if you want to reach out and send us notes, uh, you can. Uh, you can give us a call and leave a voicemail or a text at 470-PODCAST. That's 470-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. You can also send email. It's robin at notthepodcast.show. And uh, we do have a Twitter account. It's notthepodcast99. Uh, that ought to work out well. Um, I know that you, uh, if you're listening to this, whether you know me or not, uh, that you love me and are sending me healing thoughts. The good news is that's not something I ever worry about. I know that my friends love me, and that's a good thing. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, more stuff is happening. More experiences are coming. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, rate and review. Like and subscribe. I never do. I not write these things down. Anyhow, um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, we'll try to be back again next week. Uh, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to the outcome. And uh, I know you love me. I love you too. All right. Uh, have a great week. Take care. Bye. This is over now, and you just got to deal with it. I want you to know it's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. Go away. It's over, Harvey. I'm sorry. I need to get on with my life. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Elvis has left the building. This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company.